You're listening to My Wedding Season, the podcast. I'm your host, Ida Glovic. I photograph intimate weddings and elopements in Europe. This is the show where I provide overwhelmed wedding photographers with the inspiration, tools, and resources needed to build a thriving brand and business. Welcome back to My Wedding Season, the podcast after a long summer break. It was much needed, trust me, and I'm glad that I took that decision to do it because I've been able to really focus on my client work and also my family take some breaks and travel. So it was important that I did it and I'm so glad that you've stuck around and come back here. And now moving forward, I've decided to create seasons for my episodes. So I want to officially welcome you to season two of my wedding season, the podcast. I truly hope that you've been having a good summer so far. I know that it's been super busy for some of you, while for others, it's been such a struggle to fill up your calendar, and I sympathize. It's been a tough couple years, to say the least, and although the last episode, I focused more on wedding photographers who are just struggling with their post-wedding workflow gave a lot of good advice there so if you want to check it out make sure you go to that one because it's jam-packed but today's episode is really aimed at helping photographers who are facing low inquiries and decreased bookings at the end of june i had the pleasure of being invited to talk live on leslie vegas new facebook group it's called photographers on brand Leslie is an incredibly talented brand and web designer, and I highly encourage you to tune into episode 30 of this podcast, where I chat with her about how photographers can prove their brand and web presence to attract their ideal clients. Thank you so much, Leslie, for allowing me to repurpose our talk and share it with my audience. If you're a photographer who's concerned about the negative impacts of inflation on your business and are having a hard time getting enough bookings, this episode is for you. So without any further ado, let's just dive right in. All right. Hey, everyone. Uh, for those of you who might be joining us live or later on in the replay, my name is Ida Glovic, and I'm a wedding photographer based in Germany. And yeah, you might have heard of my podcast. I've been releasing a few episodes lately called My Wedding Season, the podcast, and I had the pleasure of having Leslie on a few weeks ago, and um, that's how we connected, and it's been so good. I'm so thankful to you for inviting me on to talk to your audience today. Yeah. Yeah, now, and go ahead. I want you to be able to, like, share with everyone here just kind of what you've taken from, I mean, I just love what you've done with your podcast and the people you have been able to speak to. Like, I, you know how long I've been following Nadia Melly. I'm like, what the crap? You have Nadia on your podcast. <laughs> um, oh, it's huge. And uh, she was one of the first people I started following myself. So I don't know, a good seven years ago or something. And um, just from the very beginning, her heart spoke to me, her work spoke to me. And um, I saw that she's gonna, uh, she was doing a workshop with some other photographers in Switzerland. So I was able to, to get over there and meet her in person. Wow. So that was our first contact. And then about like, I wanna say three, four years ago before COVID and stuff, um, she was also part of a workshop in, in Spain 
which I was able to join and spend a little bit of time with her. And yeah, we've connected pretty good the past <laughs> few years. That's awesome. Yeah. And then how do you pronounce, is it Jai Long? It's Jai Long, yeah. Jai Long. That was awesome to see him there too in one of your early earlier shows to tap into his brain. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing um Jai Long is also someone I was fortunate enough <laughs> to meet in person and that was in Germany there was another workshop called uh way up north and that was I think in 2018 uh got to chat with him there and then saw him showing up quite a bit in the early days of the pandemic reached yeah. out to him yeah saw what he's doing with the wedding photography summit wanted to yeah and I just saw that it was a super game changer in like the direction where workshops are headed and everything is changing and he was gracious enough to come on to my podcast and yeah talk about all his thoughts I mean he's leading one of the biggest leaders in our industry at the moment yeah. I would say yeah so that was cool that you got to tap into you know, his mindset. So um, let's dive in here on some of the um, tips that you might be able to share with us because you've been just so exposed to the photography industry right now. Um, there are photographers in here, whether they're wedding photographers or they're family photographers or portrait. Yeah. There are some that are doing fine. There are some that are struggling. I actually had one of my clients because I, you know, I mostly design branding and websites for photographers. So I'm immersed in the industry. And, you know, I was just so sad when I had like one or two of my photographers who are, who were thriving when I did their websites and yeah. a couple have confessed, they've like sent in applications to like marketing firms and like, yeah, no, 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 we can't do it. And, you know, and I don't blame mm -hmm. them because the market has slowed down some. Um, we don't have control over that. And right. I just feel like, you know, what I want to speak into photographers into this, these moments of fear and into these moments of doubt, whereas before we could have pushed through and things got better, which they might, they might Thank in the fall, it might fluctuate, but it almost, I almost feel like there's just a bigger push of fear and doubt right now. And so I'd like to, I want to serve the photographer industry and say, Hey, there are still things that we can do. There are still um, yeah. mindsets we can shift. There are still practical things we can do to keep our business alive. So I want you to speak to that, maybe share with us some things you've gathered from speaking to all these amazing tarpers. What are they doing? What are they thinking? And what, I'll just kind of give you the stage and let you share some of that. Sure. Thanks, yeah. You know, I wanna start off by being completely honest and saying, you know, um, I did, a, I paused my, podcast for the summer because my summer got really busy like um and the people I'm around within the European photography community at least the ones I'm in contact with we're actually quite busy we're in the trenches of it and the content I've been putting out also on the side is more like helping photographers who are feeling quite overwhelmed because they have so many galleries to send out to clients and you know, that's kind of the struggles I've been addressing. And that is just really in the past couple of weeks where it hit me that, oh, there's another group of photographers who are actually struggling getting work, yeah. you know? And yeah. then once I got wind of it, I started to see more and more and heard, so, uh, heard conversations happening around that. And it's either that there's 
a decrease in the inquiries coming in, or if inquiries do come in, the book, the booking rate has gone drastically down. Right. Right. And uh, it's just true. I mean, the economy, the state we're in, in the U.S. compared to European countries, Germany is different, right? So I feel like, I guess the inflation has hit a bit harder in the U.S. It's my assumption. I don't have stats right now yeah. to prove it. Yeah. Or uncertainty is also higher. There are a lot of aspects to it. I mean, here we also have the war going on in Ukraine and there is a uncertainty everywhere, right? Yeah. And I think... Also, what happened is because last year, like there was a lot of hope. There was this whole thinking once this pandemic slows down. Also, there are a lot of posts going out there. It's going to be the busiest year ever. People are getting ready. Weddings are going to be crazy. And it played out a little differently for some people, right? But let me get back to what you originally talked asked me is, what can photographers do at this point when they're struggling in their business, yeah. right? And the first thing I want to say is as much as from the perspective of photographers where we see that, hey, inquiries are down or bookings are not as good and like there's inflation also in our personal lives, prices have gone higher, right? Yeah. But I think it's also important to look at it from the perspective of wedding couples, A lot of couples, either they just got engaged, they're planning to get married, or they have postponed their wedding and they're thinking, okay, 2022 is it, or 23, and they're facing inflation, they're personalized, and they're noticing that all the vendors have gone higher with their prices. So it's going beyond their budget that they originally planned for. Right. Right? And they have to make sacrifices they're probably really stressed out um i i only know of one couple from my side where the venue went up with 30 percent on the price tag so uh my couple had to change the venue that's kind of my one experience that i have so uh, it's just the logistical part but that made me realize okay it, it is also slowly happening here and it's about also trying to understand okay where are they at? Where are our potential clients at? And how can we adjust our business? And how can we reach them at that point, right? As a just as a starting point, yeah, is how I would I would get started. And um, I think in our communication online, however we present ourselves, I feel like couples just want to feel seen and understood. Yeah, for sure. And that just yeah, I want to come back to um copy on whatever it is let's talk about the website for example and one person i had on my web um on my podcast is rachel from um green chair story she's a copywriter mm-hmm. and a huge advice that she gave my listeners and me is when a couple lands on your website think about what state of mind are they in right and speak to that state of mind. Are your couples excited and they're just ready to get into that wedding planning? Then your copy needs to reflect that, right? Yeah. And if we're assuming at this point in time, couples are actually anxious and afraid, perhaps there are things we can do on our copy to speak to that, right? That's a good point because 
we think maybe we hired a copywriter two years ago and that copy worked two years ago, but now we have to refresh that copy and really speak to them to where the world is now. So that's yeah. really good, yeah. Yeah, that's something I've been really thinking about. And you know, um, I see this rush to raise prices across the board because other photographers are saying, hey, why aren't you raising your prices? Prices are going up everywhere. Right. And maybe there's this kind of pressure or anything. And like, I always talk about, don't feel like you're getting sidetracked here and there just because of what others are saying or doing. Analyze your own business yeah. and see, actually you might not have to raise your prices maybe it's actually working like everyone needs like giving blanket advice is always difficult for me because everyone's in a different position in a different market yeah. and also in a different need for those that the earnings to come in right so yeah. and, then, and when you say i love when you say everyone's in a different market because if you think about um let's say we're speaking to wedding photographers but also families. So family yeah. photographers and portrait photographers, they're finding the families are holding their money a little bit. They're a little bit more scared. They're watching their budget. But honestly, I want to give this message of hope. Like there yeah. are still wealthy families who are still yeah. getting their family portraits, portraits done, buying yeah. the big canvases, putting them in their new homes. Uh, those families are still buying. So where do we find them and how do we speak to them? It's, it might be a bit of a, a client shift right now. Absolutely. And even looking at families, there are different things. Like I've noticed, for example, um, pregnancy shoots and like newborns, I have more inquiries for those. Hmm. Like usually it's not something that I really put out there, but like, I think there's something, especially when it comes to newborn, because those babies grow up so fast. And it's time sensitive, right? Yeah. They're not going to be like, hey, no, I'll do my newborn session next year. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And then newborn's only newborn for, and it's that's a small window too, isn't it? Like the first 10 days. After. Yeah, it depends what you're doing. Like uh, those are, you have like the fresh 48 or, you know, uh, especially within the first six weeks, right? When they're so tiny, barely moving. If you're doing that kind of newborn, I normally kind of do just like a lifestyle session. I'm just in your home seeing how you are. Uh, but at the same time, it doesn't change the fact that babies don't stay that small too long. Yeah, so pay attention to the time sensitive clients. Yeah, exactly. And you know, these sessions usually they are short, like depending how you do it, but normally it's an hour, two hours, right? And um, you can take on more of these sessions on the side to kind of compensate a little bit of that, you know, um, your profit margin may be going a little bit down. Could be, it's just an option, but at the same time, it's also about, oh, how do you get these clients in? If you're purely a wedding photographer, you know, um, you have to think about it, like, so that when people land on your website, they're not confused, right? You are a brand and web designer. Uh, right. We've also talked about it um, on the podcast, right? How you can kind of split two types of uh, photography offerings that you have. So there are options, but it's doable. Right, yeah. Yeah, so that's a mindset shift because I know in our industry, there's been there's been such a huge uh, push in the past years where, oh, you know, you should only focus and be a specialist, a specialist in one certain type of photography. 
or else, you know, uh, you're not the go-to person. I never really believed in that. I believe in, yes, when someone lands on your website or, you know, on your account, they should know what you offer. But I think as a, as a person, as a photographer, um, you can offer different types of photography. And I think right now when it comes to coffee is, okay, which one of those is really going to work in this, in the state of the world that we're in right now? And showcasing those and making sure the that statement is right before the scroll when you get to the website like this is who I serve yeah. this is who I shoot and keep in mind who really is booking right now make sure that's up there yeah that's a good yeah question. and I think like sometimes we assume why someone didn't book or why someone ghosted us like right. if in the case where you're not ghosted and someone just comes back to you and says, hey, I went with another photographer, I right. highly encourage photographers to, to take that step and ask, hey, if you don't mind, can you tell me the reasons why you didn't book me? Because yeah. that's the true insight for what that reason was. And maybe it's something you have overseen. Maybe it's something that's worth taking a look at and adjusting but yeah. it's your client it's the potential clients who are actually going to tell you hey what was that deal breaker right and that'll help too because right now in these days we're just always going to assume oh it's price it's price because yeah. everyone's scared it's price because of inflation maybe yeah. it wasn't price and so you're focused on all these efforts on okay maybe lower my prices blah blah when that wasn't even the reason so exactly. that's important to know and be humble enough to ask. Yeah. Hire you like that's humbling for sure. It's a bit, it's nerve wracking. It's a bit scary. I know it's just reaching out, um, but it's just worth doing, especially when your business relies on it. And normally people will be honest. Like if you give them that room, judgment free to just be like, Hey, I'm just trying to build like a good business here. Uh, if you can just let me know for the next time so that I can make improvements, most people are going to take the time and let you know. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but let's get back to this whole pricing and packages because I'm sure that is also a factor in, in these times, right? Yeah. So I think it's worth looking at it. And I've been giving it a lot of thought of what people can do. And sometimes I feel like there's a lack of flexibility with photographers when it comes to their packages. Mm. It, 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 it might not be true for everyone, but I know some photographers are like, oh, I just have these three packages. They can choose, like compare, and hopefully they land in B, the middle package or something like that. Right. Like, right? Yeah. But I wonder if it will be helpful to, to provide a bit more flexibility and options there because maybe people are in different spaces, you know, like I know some photographers will say, oh, in this package, you know, you have an album included, you have an engagement session included, and that's that. But how about saying, hey, you don't need to book an album right now. We can hold off on that for a future date. You can come back to me in two years time if you want. Yeah. But I'm gonna, you know, we can just do a purely just only wedding coverage. like. Also, there's no need, like some, some people are just like, oh, there's an engagement session. Maybe they don't want an engagement session. Not only that they want to save money on it, but maybe it's just like, oh, we're really not into it. Right. You know? yeah. So yeah. my advice is to just provide more flexible packages 
uh, think about, is there anything you can do an add on to kind of sweeten the deal for people to really make them feel like, okay, you know what, maybe we were planning to hold on to this money as a safety net, but maybe this is such an amazing offer. It's so irresistible. It's really worth us putting our money into it and what we get for it is going to be totally worth it. Right? Yeah. I think you're tapping into like the value pricing yeah where you're create you're providing that flexibility and i think some people you know getting onto a client managed system client management system has been really big lately like organizing yourself creating workflows yeah. things like that that are automatic and so now we're scared to do value pricing because then we can't put them on this exact workflow that's in a box with pricing and certain things on the packages why not create a little bit more flexibility for right now where yeah this client might have a little bit of a different itemized list than this one does, maybe connect with a Dubsado expert who can help you get past the fear mm -hmm. of, well, now I can't do set workflows for set packages because now I'm trying to be flexible. Well, that's where I welcome a Dubsado or a HoneyBook expert who's like, no, you can create some flexibility here and here and still have a great workflow. So that's something else that comes to mind with, you know, the type A who want to, well, no, I want to keep it all set, you know? Yeah. yeah, but it's about at what point are you, right? Are you at the point where, you know, you, you need that business to actually have a workflow happening, right? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> the photographer has to be like, okay, um, what kind of changes am I willing to make yeah. to, to make this dream happen? Or am I going to say, hey, this is just getting too much after COVID, after like and this recession and coming on and everything. I want to back off and take a break. Yeah. Anything is okay. You know, um, people need to decide, of course, but right now running a small business, it, it's challenging, right? Yeah. And even now, you know, a lot of people for years, um, they got increased through Instagram and it was a breeze. They barely had to do anything, right? And we've seen the past week has been crazy on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a whole nother live. And uh, it's just, I think it's yeah. scary for a lot of people. Other people are seeing it as opportunity. I have to yeah. say, I was the one at first that was like, don't do this. And then for the past maybe 48 hours, I've been listening to podcasts on people who are approaching it a little bit more positively. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. okay, I get it. It's going to yeah. expose me to newer people who would have never found me. But what about my current mm -hmm. audience? There's just a whole lot to that. But I, yeah, people can, that's exactly what I want to say. You know, what's hard for photographers, and I am one of them, is like, for example, I have a gallery, like I have these amazing images from a wedding I took recently that I've been wanting to share on Instagram. Yeah. And I, I've kind of held off because I'm just like, of course I can share it. And it's not about, oh, did it get so many likes? But it's kind of like you're sharing your work and you want it to be seen. And you, like, you want to post a photo and you want people to take it in as it is. Yes. And it kind of loses that depth when it's kind of, on a reel going ding, 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 you know, like it's just not the same. And that's the resistance that we have where we're like, we're not presenting our work the way that we want to, right? Yeah. So that's kind of the negative, but in terms of the positive of, for example, photographers who feel like they're not getting enough inquiries, mm -hmm. it is like adopting to reels or even TikTok and being creative with making video 
yes, it will actually expose you to more people. So that's a positive. It's just the fact that are you willing to do the work to make that happen? Are you willing to go with the flow of marketing and how it's changing, yeah. which can be so annoying and so frustrating, but yeah. you know, there's little things that you could do where you do take those, you do take those images from a session or a wedding yeah. and you put them on a reel and you let it sit still like, all right, I'm going to play the system now. Yeah. And let it just sit. And I've seen some, I've seen some creatives do that where they're like, well, if you don't want to give me still photography anymore, then I'm going to put it on a reel and just let it sit there. <laughs> you know, that's a good idea. Cause that's like, so how make it use the number of photos I'd put on a reel. Would that be something? But I actually like the idea of like one photo, maybe like a watch good. <laughs> if you don't want to see it in a feed, then sit here and watch it and take it in. <laughs> so yeah. That's another you know. thing. Yeah. And I was listening to another podcast uh, actually this morning. It's called Creative Rise. I don't know if you've heard of it, but they were tapping into the positives of it and they were tapping into, okay, we'll utilize it with traditional marketing. What's traditional marketing? You take someone in with a hook, then yeah. you tell them, you know, what you can do or how you can fix their problem and you give them a call to action. Okay. So let's say they're seeing this still image on a reel, right? Yeah. Right in your caption, which one of the good things is to put your text actually on the video, not just the caption, right in the right. caption. Hey, follow my, go look at my first pinned reel mm. and follow uh, the link that I gave you there. That makes them be like, okay, well, let me check out more of their content. And then yeah. you have a really good funnel or sales page that says, here's your problem. I can fix it. Here's where to start. So there we still oh, have the power of a funnel or, uh, you know, showing them what you do, giving them a call to action, whereas a real yeah. can do that for them, but it can lead them to that. So totally. I heard that positive this morning. I'm like, Oh my gosh, light bulb moment. Okay. I will do that. <laughs> so, and it's not it's, dancing anymore. It's not dancing videos. It's not. It's like work around. And yeah. yeah, it's, it's going to work out. It's just right now there's a lot of resistance and I understand it from like the, you know, artistic perspective of kind of like, Hey, everything's just fast paced, short and like consume, consume. So I have that resistance as well. But when one looks at it as, okay, you know what? I'm being exposed to like a whole new audience. Um, that's positive, especially for small creators, you know, like for example, I had posted a video on TikTok. It was just showing my face taken with like different lenses and it kind of changes the shape. And that video has over half a million views, which is wow. crazy, you know, and um, you'd think, okay, that wasn't really possible till now, you know, so one can look at it that way, but I think it's just um, times are changing and like um, there needs to be sometimes a separation between the creative artist and the business owner. Yeah. You know? And we have to tap into that business owner unless we have our own marketing team. We have to jump in and do it. You know, it's, there was a resistance with every new thing. If we really yeah. think this one just feels a little bit bigger because it's, we think it's all about dancing and being silly when really TikTok actually learns what you like and will yeah. show you other business owners, other creatives, not the teenagers that are dancing around. So it's not really about that anymore. Like I actually am a huge fan of TikTok. I spend a lot of time on TikTok and it serves me what I want. My yeah. only thing is when I'm on Instagram, I have a different mindset and a different expectation of what I 
think I'm gonna see. That's my daughter in the background, but her dad is there, but. <laughs> well, I have dogs barking if you hear them, sorry. <laughs> oh, good, um, you know, life of a mom. But what did I want to say? Yeah, so I think it's about Instagram. There's also this, it's kind of the place where usually we're connecting with people we've been connecting with for years and all of a sudden we're being fed suggested posts and random people and that's not our expectation as yeah. a user it's not just as a business owner but just a, a simple user for someone who logs on to instagram to consume yeah. and then it's like well are my followers important anymore they're not even going to see me you know and that that's a hard thing to swallow but I think that if someone, it, what's always been true is that you can only listen to a certain amount of people at a time. I'm going to pick one person that I really like. Yeah. I can't possibly fully invest my attention in 50 of them, but I can right. on one too. So I'm going to personally visit their account every week because I love how they speak. I love how they serve. I love what they offer me. And so even though I'm not going to see them on my feed all the time, I think I'm naturally yeah. going to visit their profile. Honestly, I, I will. Um, especially if like the little stories are still up there. I don't know. I don't know what's going to change. I don't know what's going to stay, but it's all uncertain. But I think, I think mindset is such a big thing and mm -hmm. kind of being willing to adapt if you really believe in what you offer. Yeah, and I think it just takes that, like knowing maybe what worked in the past is not working, right? And just seeing, okay, you know, um, how can I amp up my efforts? Like, how's my SEO? I know a lot of photographers hate to hear SEO, yeah, but I'm a huge fan. Like, yeah. SEO drives a lot of the inquiries that we get, and that invested time we put in it, like the dividends is paying out for years. So yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm a and a lot there. of this now, this new approach is very SEO driven. Like they're literally finding you by the, the words you choose to put on that reel or on that TikTok. Like it yeah. is almost working more like a search engine now than a social media platform. So that's. Oh yeah. So exactly that. Like you, I love that you said that because SEO right now also applies to TikTok. It's yeah. applied to Pinterest forever, which is also a search engine. Instagram has also, you know, integrated search capabilities. And um, so it's across the board. So, so also being smart about it, especially if you're serving your local markets. Yeah. I feel like that's a game changer. Then really use those local hashtags yeah. and you'll be popping up. Yeah, very true. Yeah. yeah. And another thing I want to mention people talk about it and it just works time and time again is vendor relationships really have a close relationship with like wedding planners uh in your area or the ones that serve your type of clientele or market yeah. and yeah officiants everyone just like just have that and they, they will refer you and make sure that you refer them as well like it's just give and take it's a connection thing and i remember i was listening to nadia melly's Put, put on your podcast to her yeah. episode and the fact that she's actually going back and kind of starting from scratch which yeah. like everyone in the wedding world knows her and now she's shifting to portrait and she feels like she's back at square one and having right. that humility of hey I'm actually going to reach out myself and yeah. tell people that this is what I do and this is what I can give them 
are you open to that level of humility of humbling yourself? You know, I was just talking to someone who I really respect kind of like as a coach in my life yesterday. And they said, what if, what if your client is different right now? The clients that aren't having trouble with finances, um, can you serve them now? And can you be humble enough to approach them now and say, Hey, this is what I can do. And I can do it for you, even though everyone in this world knows my name and I don't even have to sell myself. Yeah. Humble enough to show up in this new market. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's just how badly do you want to have your business and how far are you willing to go? Right. And And how much are you, yeah, trying enough to be humble enough. And I will tell you this too, like, we say a lot that our business is our passion, that our art is our passion. Yeah. And so I've been asked many times, how have you survived 14 years in what you do and the highs and the lows? And I said, would you know what? The actual work itself is my escape. If what you do is not your escape, it probably won't survive. I love that. And so it's, it's thinking through okay, is what I do and who I serve, what I would naturally turn to, to get my mind off things anyways. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And now that you say it, I just realized, you know, sometimes like things happen in our personal lives, right. That might be like stressful. And then I find myself, like, I feel calm when I'm working on like a certain project and doing that. Like, I just feel like that's just kind of my space to kind of breathe, which is weird. It's yeah. a different type of mind rest, even though, you know, sometimes you've got the husband, you trying to serve clients, but sometimes it's like, for me, just coming down and just like, you know, especially if it includes planning something for the future, dreaming up something connected to passion business and all this whole thing um, is it, my go-to. And I think you're right. That kind of helps keep it alive. Yeah. And serving, you know how they always say, well, just serve the people you have in front of you now, serve them really well so that that turns into referrals. Well, I'm not only serving my clients in that moment, I am escaping into their project. And as I'm escaping, I am building that possibility of more referrals and, you know, you know, singing my praises and telling other people like, so it's not wasted time when you just focus on the ones you do have. Um, and if, you, yeah. if, if what you have right now is so low, well, could that be just a passion project that you post and people come across it, all these new eyes, yeah. um, and that helps you as well. But it's such a blessing when what you actually do is the escape and yeah. that turns into efforts towards growing. So totally. I absolutely agree. And like everyone's like in a different spot. That's just what I want to say. And I think it's just worth taking the time. for each individual person to analyze okay where are the problems in the business at what point is it at the inquiry stage is it at the booking stage is it you know where is it and try to find out okay what can I do where and if you don't have the knowledge go out there and find it there are people who know reach out and make those changes like because we have to adapt to those times to the times that's just for sure yeah that's a lot I mean this has been so helpful and I just I wanted to just ask you a couple like last little questions that I got just from 
you know, even in my efforts of finding what to do and, and maybe everything that you've been exposed to. So one of the things I wanted to ask you was, mm -hmm. and of course, anyone who is on right now, or if you're rewatching, you can ask these, and we can answer them later. But some of the questions that I had was, what are you finding that most of the people that are visiting your podcast or you're interviewing them, what are they focusing on heavily? What are you finding is their success, mm -hmm. whether it's slow or high season? What do you find, what similarities are you finding between all of these guests, amazing people who are doing well? Uh, what are they focused on? What is their mindset like? You know, if I have to think of a common thread, because I've talked to many different people yeah. <laughs> um, and that this is growing, thankfully, um, is that I, I feel like I seek out people who are true to themselves. Mm. I feel like I'm attracted to that, like, quote unquote, authenticity, yeah. you know, it's the yeah. most overheard, but that's why I want to say true to themselves. And I feel like I've seen them consistently being true to themselves. Yeah. You know, and um, people can smell when you're being fake or not real. And yeah. the moment people feel like you're not being real, they don't trust you. Yeah. And nobody books someone they don't trust. Yeah, that's true. I think that's the key to getting clients is that making sure they actually, number one, when it comes to weddings, let's say they can trust that you will capture it beautifully, like you say you would, but they need to also trust you as a business person. Yeah. You know, in different aspects. In general. Yeah. You're just that you're a genuine, honest person. And you don't, you know, I love when people, I meet people that I've always looked up to and they're so down to earth and they, yeah. they don't take themselves too seriously. Mm -hmm. you know? Really? They really don't. Yeah. And then it's on the other end, it's just such a bummer when you see someone you have looked up to and they do take themselves a little too seriously. Yeah. yeah so I think that genuinely happens, you know, and sometimes it's like, oh, it, I guess you've experienced both sides, right? Maybe you met someone you've seen online and you're just like, oh, that's not kind of like what I expected. But I think just the the more you're you, the easier it is. So you don't you don't need to even pretend. I think it's long gone are the days where we have to present ourselves in a certain image. Yeah. If you build your brand and your business based on how you are and your values going back to your core values and working with people who also share those values just makes everybody's life better yeah. and happier and easier and i would say that would be the common thread that i've seen uh amongst the yeah, the people i've had on my on my podcast yeah that's great that's awesome um i also have they have they is there also a common thread in terms of how they get their clients. I feel like we've, we've touched on this. Um, mm -hmm. in terms of, are they all doing that humble reach out or are they all really uh, acclimating to what's going on in the social world? You know, because mm -hmm. I know there's some really successful uh, people out there and creatives and photographers that they might not spend all their time on social media and yet they're still thriving. Oh, yeah. is, there, is there a difference between our people who like, they're all successful, but are there some that are focused on social, some that are more so focused on local connections? Like what's the common thread there? 
Yeah, you know, I'm trying to think back and I'm like picturing all the different people who, who were on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I want to say it's different. And I don't necessarily, I haven't necessarily talked to them on this point exactly, but I'm just trying to think of how I see them showing up. Um, there are people like Nadia who've been showing up every day almost, you can say it, on Instagram for years or in her newsletter, she's really present. And of course it's a transition for her with her work, but she did say in, in the episode, when she did weddings, she she barely had to do anything. Those inquiries were just flowing in. Yeah. But that was also a different time, but she's also well-known, right? So that's something different. Um, I had Bjorn, He's a German photographer under the name Hafenlieb, but I love his work. Mm -hmm. He's barely online. Uh, I don't see him posting that much, but um, he still does well. He has amazing work, but his style is so distinct. And yeah. only a very certain type of clients would book him. Those who are super edgy, you yeah. know, uh, he speaks to such a certain type of couple mm -hmm. um and is so you know they don't have many options out there if they right. want that kind of work <laughs> the photographer's it's his uniqueness yeah it's so unique so it's, then i would think if you are that unique and that niche yeah and still doing well by not being on social then his is probably a lot of word of mouth yeah i mean he's present you can find him um, I think he's also like a Sony ambassador or something like that. So I'm sure people come across him or, you know, maybe it's also, I can imagine creatives that are booking him. So when he's, you know, on a workshop presenting, people just know of him and then you just know, okay, if you're this type of person, he's just your go-to person, you know? So I think being super niche and specific also helps. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's different, you know? Um, for example, a lot of people kind of see me online because I just have fun. I love interacting with people. But my husband, he's also a photographer. Oh, he's cool. barely online. He's He's been a photographer longer than I have. I'm a photographer because of him. Yeah. And I mean, he, literally, he would post a photo every, once every few months on Instagram. Doesn't do anything. But I mean, he's more running this business than I am, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, like I said, uh, our Google ranking is good. Our referrals from vendors is good. Our couples recommending us. It really does work. You yeah. don't like being on social media is not the only way, you yeah, know, the end all. Yeah, it's really not. Yeah. yeah. That's good to know, because, you know, it's, I guess, depending on your market. But like, let's say if you're a wedding photographer, unless you're active on Instagram a lot or something, you're just going to hit up Google for your local one. You know what I mean? Like most brides don't even think to get on Instagram, you know? So yeah. it's, it's really just knowing where your ideal client is and the fact that yeah. not all of them are on social media. They're and really not. Market. Really, yeah. it just changes so drastically because for me, even today, when I hear people say, oh, 90% of my inquiries and bookings come through Instagram, I'm like, whoa, that really still happens? Because yeah. on the other hand, it really does still happen for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, it, you just need to know what's working for you. Maybe double down on that. Or if it's not working, where can you see uh, the potential that you have not yet explored? Yeah.
I just, I want to thank you so much for being with <laughs> us and for speaking into this community. Um, My pleasure. I think so many people needed this little powwow uh, in the photography world and to know that there still is work out there. There's still our there people is. who value yeah. what we do. Um, it's just a matter of getting in front of them and speaking to them and what they need to hear right now, not what they needed to hear a year ago. Um, yeah. And being humble enough to reach out because the people are still out there. And so, and not to feel alone because we're experiencing mm -hmm. this in the photography world. We're also experiencing this in the design world myself. I just had a recent powwow with designers. It's just wow. a high majority of the world is being hesitant to invest, but there is still yeah. a percentage of the world that is investing and we just need to find them. So, yeah, 100%. Thank you, Leslie, so much. It was really good talking to you. Thank you for reaching out and even, yeah, opening my mind to the fact that this is really happening. You know, that really was the bulk for me to start really reading and looking around and yeah. knowing what's actually happening instead of coming out of my wedding editing <laughs> client yeah. world. Yeah, and just, you know, can you just tell people real quick where they can find you, where they can just follow you and follow your podcast and all that so that they know. Yeah, so uh, Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere else where you listen to podcasts, it's called My Wedding Season, the podcast, and Ida Glovic on all social channels. Um, Instagram stories is more where I hang out, and hopefully TikTok one day soon. I truly hope that you're able to pick up some gems from today's episode. The next episode will drop in two weeks on Wednesday, October 5th. It's going to be all about speeding up your workflow using AI for editing, so you don't want to miss it. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of My Wedding Season, the podcast. To be notified as soon as a new episode goes live, make sure that you subscribe. I'd love for you to write a comment or leave a review. Let me know what you want more of. For the show notes, head on over to www.wedding-photography-podcast.com. Cheering you on and until next time.